Orem's armies marched upon the world. People from all over, different planets, different realms, joined the fight to stop the corrupted from taking the forgotten realms. Gods, demons, celestials, all joined forces, hoping to stop the spread of the Far Realms, but it was too much, it was too strong. And now our heroes, our brave five heroes are barely holding the line. Join us at BaldaTheSevenDice.com so that this tale will not be forgotten. So we will know how to hold back the creatures of the Far Realms before it's too late. One time on Sword of Symphonies, our captain played an accordion number for a demon as a backing track to the story the demon was telling him. This one time on Sword of Symphonies, there was a rodeo rider on a giant eagle bird thing, and it was rad. She's going to take her jacket and try to put it over the bird's eyes, like create a blindfold. I would once again like to reiterate what could possibly go wrong. This one time on Sword of Symphonies, the crew dug up some buried treasure. No, look at this moss. It's attached to a shovel. Look, I love all three of you, but Tissa is my favorite. <laughs> my favorite part of Sword of Symphonies is the majesty of the spellcasting. Brilliant carnival. Starlight stars. Flying shark. Knife pain. Fry's bolt. So if you'd like seafaring adventure, a lot of game design talk, music written in-house, and a lot of whatever that was just now, join us every week on Sword of Symphonies. Hey, it's Dennis, editor and GM of Control Group. Let's give it up for our ads. And let's throw in one of our own. And I know what you must be thinking. Dennis, I'm already listening to the episode. Aren't I doing enough? And truly you are. But if you wanted to go the extra step, why not follow us on Twitter? At CTRL Group Pod. There we post a lot of information, character portraits, and little promos to the episode, so you can get a cute little sneak peek to get you excited before you listen. You can also go ahead and jump onto the Be Gay Roll Dice Discord server. There we have our own little special place where you can come and talk to us about episodes and episode ideas and systems. Do you have a system you want us to test? Go over to our Patreon. We have a special $5 dev tier where... Once you pledge to that, we'll go ahead to take a look at your system, give you a nice little preview, and then somewhere down the line, we're going to go ahead and give your system a try. And if you don't have a system to test, you can also join our Patreon for as low as a dollar. There, you can go ahead and get access to special tests that we put behind a paywall, because they're probably too stupid to go on the main feed. Also, it's tried and true, but smash that like and subscribe button below. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a review. If you're on Spotify, give us five stars or however many you think is appropriate. Anyway, if you have the spoons to do this, go ahead. We really appreciate the support. We want to thank you nevertheless just for listening to our podcast. Enjoy the episode. Good evening. 
evening, variables, and welcome to another episode of Control Group. I am Sarah, your GM, this time around for our season, Gardens of Glass. I have with me some players and some characters. I'm Marcus, I'll be playing... (laughs) You go ahead, I always go first. I'm Dennis, and I'll be playing Henri Demasai. I'm Marcus, I'll be playing Princess Rosalina Cunningham. I'm Nick, and I'll be playing Baxter Saintilus. And the system we will be using to play Gardens of Glass is Petticoats and Proposals, written by Sarah Williams. Oh, that's <gasps> me. Last we left off, Henri was getting ready to go on a lovely day on the town with Miss Perdita Hale. And Rosalina and Baxter helped to come up with an, I don't know if intricate is the right word, but I'm going to say intricate plan to reunite Lord Sebastian Wintrose with his former fiance. I believe it was a noble plan. <laughs> the right thing to do, some would say. <laughs> Are you trying to convince, dog? <laughs> I never said it wasn't! Our audience who thinks that this is gonna fail. (laughs) Just like all of our plans. Always, I know that you don't root for us. (laughs) Anyway, Henri and Perdita, you two were last seen, I believe, going to the post office. Well, Perdita had some very quick tasks that she had to perform for Lady Wintrose. The post office is a relatively small small building. The town of Underwood doesn't necessarily get too much mail or communication from the rest of the area. Occasionally something will come in, but not too, too often. Although nowadays it might start getting a little busier due to the autumnal ball coming up at the Gardens of Glass. Perdita stops you as you two get close to the front door. Oh, ah. This is where I need to go. Um, I'll be I'll be right back. Of course. Do you want me to just wait outside, or do you need me to come um, in with you? Uh, if you'd prefer. Yes, let's see uh, this little quaint post office. Uh, so the two of you go inside, and it is just as quaint on the inside as it is on the outside. Uh, you see kind of a singular, singular counter where a middle-aged man is sort of just sorting letters to be carried out by his employees later in the day. You do see some small little chairs against the back wall, as well as some fresh flowers on either side of the counter. Perdita takes a couple of steps away from you and uh, gets the attention of the man behind the counter. You don't catch too much of their conversation. It's primarily just small talk about uh, the errands, how Lady Wintrose is doing, and... She takes from the man behind the counter just what look like a few letters as well as a medium-sized package and heads over to you. All right, I have everything ready. I just need to make sure that this can get back to the carriages and then we can do whatever you'd like to do around town. Uh, you do see that she is struggling a little bit with the weight of, with the weight of the package, its size being deceptively small. I think Henri misses out on the initial chance to, like, oh, let me help you with that. Mm-hmm. And, like, immediately heads outside afterwards. Okay. And then, like, as she's struggling on the outside, 
if this is weighing you down, uh, please allow me to. Oh, I I can't possibly burden you with such a thing. Uh, it's just a gift from Lord Wintrose. It was to his wife. I think it's some new plant <laughs> and species. That's heavy. Uh, I don't know about that. Sorry. But uh, I, I guess if you insist. Henri, I'm going to have you uh, roll to keep your composure for me. This could go a couple of ways, but I, I'd rather you do my dirty work for me here. <laughs> Ten. Okay. I am extremely graceful. Yeah, no. Um, nice. Actually, with that, you you kind of see her kind of like lean, like lean forward a little on the weight, and you're able to catch both the package and her. <laughs> Managing to deal with it extremely, extremely well uh, when... For a brief moment, your hand brushes hers. Oh, fuck. Oh! You didn't even blush once. I, like, coolly and very stoically help her back to a, a vertical standing position. Uh, thank you uh, so much. Do uh, glory at de Marseille. Also, Dennis, you take plus one forward on your next roll. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, because you rolled a 10 plus to keep your composure. And then, as she's saying that, there's a brief silence in which they're still holding hands. My... my hand, please. Oh, sorry! Sorry! Uh, (laughs) She, like, her face turns very red as she, uh, kind of, like, takes her hands away, uh, kind of, like, trying to juggle around the letters, and she manages to calm herself down enough. I'm really very sorry. That's, uh, no problem. This package is just heavy. (laughs) You notice it is quite heavy. (laughs) Perdita is able to expertly lead you back to where the carriages are waiting, where you are able to drop off the items. And, uh, we should be back within two, two and a half hours. Uh, Just don't leave without us. Close not, Miss Isle. Enjoy your day. And with that, she turns to you. Okay, so is there anywhere in town you'd like to see? Is there a... A nice, serene little park we can go to. Oh, yes! Uh, of course! And she kind of leads you... The streets aren't really crowded, but there are people around, and she's able to kind of move through them. Kind of using the connection she has, like, taking your arm to kind of move you around until you two reach what appears to be the town square, which is a small little fountain in the center of town with kind of on all sides of it these little flower beds. Uh, this is the town square. The flowers are all, well, the seeds anyway, all came from the Gardens of Glass, courtesy of Lord Wintress. Uh, Duke Thornbell uh, helped build, well, paid to build the fountain. Ah, this is a magnificent, beautiful sight to say the least, as uh, Henri is going to eye over Perdita real fast. You see that? Kind of entering the town square, you do see that it does look like sort of just kind of the weight of her responsibilities and kind of her dedication to them is just lifting from her for a moment. She looks calm and more at peace than you've seen her since you arrived. The responsibility, it is um, a heavy weight, is it not? Yes, I feel like I've been taking on so much at the estate recently, and I know it's because Lady Wintress trusts me, but it makes me nervous, if I can be honest. I... if I might be frank, it's Henri's attempt at humor. Mm. But due to my responsibilities, I am quite nervous as well. She... she's trying to figure out 
how to respond to that without sounding like a offensive commoner. <laughs> or trying to compare her duties of being a lady's maid to yours of being a Duke Laureate. But so instead she just <laughs> kind of considers that and nods. Everyone bears troubles, some much worse than others. We don't always see the battles that people are fighting on the inside. Oh. I think that's true, but I'm trying to show you around town. I don't know how much we should be talking about distressing matters. What's it like in France? I'm afraid I'm not very well traveled. It's beautiful. It's large, as Omri will gesture to the kind of like small quaintness of this town. Not in like in an offensive way, but just like it's the opposite of this. The streets are bustling, the towers are large, everything is so big, you you end up feeling small. I I imagine this must sound terribly foolish coming from me, but have you ever been to Paris? <laughs> I used to hear stories of it from my mother. My family used to travel there uh, shortly before the war, and then only once afterwards, as um, Henri will look away. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to trouble you. <laughs> Believe me, Mademoiselle Hale, you are the least troubling part about my life right now. Oh, this happens to me when people talk to me about Paris, too. <laughs> Alright, I don't quite know if this would technically be a study a situation, so I'm just going to have you roll plus insight for me. Mm, great. Oh, eight. Alright. You don't know why, but you, you're you pretty sure that you and Perdita are relatively alone, although you can't shake the feeling that you saw something move out of the corner of your eye. What the fuck? Oh, oh shit! <laughs> Turn into Metal Gear real quick. Miss Hale, do you know of, um... <laughs> and her not knowing this, too, but do you know of a place that's, um... A little more private, possibly? What are you implying? <laughs> uh, um, of, of course. There's more than a few places. If you just like to talk, there's uh, a bakery. I could I could show you the flower shop. Yeah, not the bakery. <laughs> <laughs> or do the bakery so we can cross paths. That'd be cool. That'd be so funny. <laughs> yes, wherever you may find, I, um, I believe I have something I should tell you. Um... How, how about the bakery, then? I, maybe we could both use a, a cup of tea. That sounds wonderful. All right, so as the two of you make your way to the bakery, uh, Dennis, I'm going to have you roll to keep your composure. Let's go. Just to kind of hide that the both of you are looking a little out of sorts. Best stat still. Seven plus two, nine. All right. On a seven to nine, you do well enough, but your keeper will do one of the following. Force you to make a hard choice, give you success at a cost, or someone will misinterpret your actions. <laughs> I'm going to give you success at a cost. Okay. You realize as kind of going into town, you see that Perdita has primarily been using shortcuts. Mm -hmm. You're able to figure out in your head what where the shortcut, how the shortcuts will get you there. But you see that kind of, as you quick turn around as the two of you kind of duck behind what looks to be kind of a small residential area, you now realize what you saw out of the corner of your eye. You saw Nanette. Of course, of course, of course. 
And you do see that if you continue going along the shortcut, you can get there faster, but there is a chance that Nanette will run into you. I guess this is more making, this is more making, yeah, forcing you to make, yeah, this is yeah. more a hard choice. So hard choice. Uh, so you can either take the long way around and risk being seen by Nanette, or you can take, continue taking the shortcuts or run, and possibly run into her by chance. I'll, I'll continue to take the shortcut and run the risk of Nanetting. I'm just gonna roll a dice to see <laughs> what Nanette does. All right. You see it. It's right there. You unconsciously notice you're kind of moving faster. Your feet are kind of moving faster than you can think. And the two of you make it inside. And as soon as the door closes, you see Nanette kind of look in a window, not immediately see you, and then turn around and leave. (laughs) Her vision's based on movement. (laughs) 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 Fucking... Jeff Goldblum in the back of the the Jurassic Park Jeep. Move faster now! If you can't see her, she can't see you, obviously. As... And I noticed this, correct? Yeah, you've seen Annette. Perdita has not. Ah, damn it. I think that does spark off what Henri did have planned for this little section. So as we're, like, settled and we've we've ordered, we've mm-hmm. did, Henri's got a croissant. Yep, yep, uh, and you, uh, Perdina has a, a small plate with her cup of tea, and you see two Madelines. Mademoiselle Hale, I believe there is something I should tell you. Of course. I have traveled far and abroad. I have seen the Tour de Fell up close and personal, marveled at the Dark Triumph, even seen many places here. Along Great Britain, the cliffs of Dover, but nary I have laid my eyes on something so, so precious. You see a look kind of crossing Perdita's face. She's trying to follow where you're going. And you kind of see this realization is, you see like a lot of the color drain out of her face as she sort of realizes where you might be taking this. Forgive me if this is uh, too forward where I am from. We tend to speak from the heart a lot. And you realize that while she's kind of trying to figure out what to say, as you kind of hear her repeat, I'm I'm just Lady Wintrose's lady's maid. She's saying it more to herself than she is to you. And she says it a couple more times, almost sort of like a, sort of like something she has to remind herself. Trust me, Mademoiselle Hale, the titles do not mean a lot. But there is uh, something else I desperately need to get off my chest. Uh, uh, Of course. Sarah, will you meet me in 1v1? Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Ah! The tables have turned. Oh man, I'm the one who's supposed to be dragging you guys here. <laughs> this is my master plan. It's collaboration. Henri, I'm not sure if you feel the same way or could ever feel the same way, but before any bud can take root, I need you to know that um, I must look out for someone else before I can look out for myself. You're patrons, Miss Nanette. Yes, um, I won't 
get into the muck of it as of right now. It is um, too much for such an open place as he'll gesture around to the, the bakery. But if I could possibly get any help from you, it would be a great boon. I, I must make sure that during any time we are here in the following weeks leading up to the autumnal ball, Ninette must find a husband here at the Gardens of Glass. Alright, Dennis, here's what I'm going to have you do. Mm-hmm. Since Perdita does have feelings for you, I'm going to give you a bonus. Let's go. I'm going to have you uh, roll to win someone over, plus one. Okay. And I think you still have a... I still got that plus one earlier I did not use. Yeah. So you could make this a plus two if you wanted. I- I'm willing to let that stack. So I got a nine, and I I think character-wise, I am still spending goodwill to make this plan happen. So I'd, re- I'd like it to be an automatic 12. All right, automatic 12. Uh, deduct one from your maximum. Let's go. Of course. I'm sorry. Yes, I, I will help. I'll help you. I thank you very much, and I would not stoop to this level if uh, the outcome went so as... Wondrous. As they're like, I assume like their hands are kind of on the table as they speak. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So they like. If you guys weren't holding hands before, you are now. I definitely reach over and hold hands. Yes. Good. Uh, So the two of you just kind of sit in that kind of nice silence. Kind of the steam coming up off of the cups of tea as you. Hold each other's hands and enjoy each other's company. Alright, fuck yeah, let's go back to general. Woo! Perfect. Uh, we are going to come back to Baxter and Rosalina. Have we, have we met up? Yeah, we're not together, are we? <laughs> oh, no. So we're going to go back to Baxter and Rowan for a bit. Okay, I think we were just like continuing to tromp about the town. Alright, continuing to tromp about the town. Because um... <laughs> you just trusted, like, what's his name? The Sebastian's, the other one, the brother. Yeah. I was going to bring Sebastian to the... Alexander dress. was going to bring Sebastian to the bookstore, yeah. Yep. Alright, so you guys are on yeah. your way to meet no, the brothers? Yeah, at the bookstore. Yeah. At the dressmaker, right? Uh, Rosalina Rosalina, and the girls are at the dressmaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought the plan was to go to the bookstore. <laughs> yeah, they were yeah, at the, the plan, bookstore. The plan, was, the plan was to go to the bookstore. Uh, nobody currently knows where Henry is. Good. <laughs> Ashford? Yep. Yeah, I forgot. Oh my god, I forgot. <laughs> he came to town with you guys. He was supposed to be keeping Danette company. Perhaps oh, no. perhaps Rowan and I can find him. <laughs> That's so suspicious. But as noticed by Henri and Perdita, she seems to have uh, given him the slip. <laughs> Nanette. Okay. Yeah, Nanette seems um, to have given Henry the slip and is somewhere around town. <laughs> okay, well, Rowan and, and Baxter are just w- trying to avoid the bookstore, at least Baxter. <laughs> Okay, so as you guys do that, you guys kind of turn around a bit, and you see, you can kind of see the bakery off in the distance. You see someone kind of looking through the window, uh, and they turn around. <laughs> and Baxter, Nanette spots you. Let's fucking go! Oh Judgment day. I think Baxter... <laughs> Eye contact! Pokemon battle! Now! He's like airily glancing about the town, and he sees this person earnestly staring at him. <laughs> he sort of double takes until uh, turn to Rowan. Uh, I, 
dare say that that young woman over there is looking at me. Do, do you see her? I, I, I do. Isn't that, isn't that Duploria? Isn't it, isn't that Duploria Demosai's patroness? I, I think it was. Where did she go? She disappeared in a blink of an eye. <laughs> no, no, she's coming toward you. <laughs> she's standing right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> she's it's coming not... toward you, bastard. I, it seems that she's coming here quite, quite purposed. Um, I, I, I can't think... I can't seem to think what she would want from either of us. What is her... Do you know what her deal is? <laughs> Have you heard anything about Rowan this? shakes their head as you just kind of hear this Prince Sanctilus! Do glory Thornbell? By a chance, oh. have either of you seen my dear Henri? No, uh, I have not. Um, Rowan, have you no chance of a chance? No. No, no I, I don't think that either of us have. I saw him leave in the company of uh, one of the one of the house house servants. Uh, one of the oh, okay. Um, <laughs> interesting. Um, Quite candid. Um. <laughs> I just want to know if you've seen him. I'm, I'm not here to gossip about the things I saw. I'm, I would just very much like to find my companion. <laughs> gossip? And, and, and Baxter said he goes, Gossip about the little things I saw. Have to remind me. <laughs> have to ask Annette something later uh, <laughs> about that. <laughs> they can say, Oh, well, I'm sorry to disappoint you. Duplore uh, Thornbell and I are exploring the town. As it were. Oh, would either of you two mind a little extra company? It isn't in my place to say. As, as I'll turn to Rowan. <laughs> With eyes that say, please God, no. <laughs> Precisely, eyes wide. Rowan picks up on your plea for help. Um, actually, Miss Nanette, uh, I do believe that the rest of the young ladies that group are over at the dressmakers. Have you seen it? Oh! I I have not. Perhaps I shall go see over there, including the princess. She does an abysmal curtsy and heads off. For all of her awkwardness, I... and <laughs> mystery about her person, I think I like her. <laughs> <laughs> She's uh, refreshing in this... In such sordid company as well as us. She's suddenly not like other visitors we've had. I do so wish that I could understand why Henri brought her here. <laughs> no, I I think you have a point. He doesn't seem the type. He doesn't even seem fond of her. <laughs> if I'm being frank. <laughs> we can at least agree on that. If anything, he seems terrified of her. Uh, quite perceptive. Thank you, I've always been good at reading people. My mother says it's gift. I want to study your situation. Roll plus wit. Big Baxter is, he's got his, uh, he's got his red flags are firing <laughs> after that last time. That is nine. Nine. You may ask one of the following. What is happening here? What can be used for my benefit? What is the history of the place or person? What is being hidden from me, and how could the situation turn out? What is being hidden from me? They've mentioned their dislike for their mother mm -hmm. in, the, in the previous episode, and then they just mentioned again the mother, and in relation to reading people, just an odd phrasing. From what you can kind of deduce... Uh, okay, no, deduce isn't the right word. From what you can kind of put together in your head, uh, especially after that tea party... 
you get the idea that Duchess Thornmill kind of likes to know everything about everyone, and to have a child who is just kind of naturally good at understanding people and knowing how they work, you don't think it's too much of a stretch to maybe think that she may have either succeeded in or tried to use, maybe use Rowan as a sort of spy, but you don't know if you don't know if you should jump to conclusions just yet, or maybe you do. <laughs> I'm just the narrator. The family's turned Rowan into a weapon like Shang-Chi. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I maybe also now want to roll to know where I stand? Sure. Roll plus insight. Or just sort of considering six. Take EXP. Damn it. I'm, you're a uh, prince. They're, a du- they're going to be a Duke Laureate. <laughs> yeah, turn a monologue here. That actually is like considering... Next course of action should be because I think that even with the knowledge that Rowan might be some kind of spy, I think he's into it. <laughs> <laughs> I think he he doesn't meet a lot of people that offer him a challenge intellectually or are. You know, I think I think in general he just dislikes most people <laughs> as a rule. <laughs> So this is like an interesting relationship. We can pick off where uh, Rowan was finishing their sentence. My mother yes, yes, says it's a gift. It. It's always felt more like a more like a curse. I don't like. I've never liked carrying around people's secrets. A secret can overcome us. That isn't always a bad thing. It just depends on how you use them. I, I suppose you're right. And Baxter, knowing what you do about your past. You know the look of a guilty person when you see it. I think Master sees that and says, Shall I tell you a secret then? I suppose. Perhaps to make things even, I can tell you one of mine. Well, my secret is this. Quite enjoying your company. It's not really a secret, is it? It is is a secret. For I haven't said those words honestly in quite some time. Well, I suppose I should perhaps tell you one myself. Truth is, before any of you started discussing it, I've been trying to make things up to Sebastian for a very long time. But I suppose it's nice to have some help. You want to make up with Sebastian? We have been friends since we were children. I suppose it would be a benefit, our fathers being as close as they were. But I did something a while ago, and it broke Sebastian's heart. I thought I was doing the right thing, but all I did was my best friend to turn his back on me. I've wanted to make things right ever since. I think you you take your mother's manipulation too hard on yourself. It wasn't your choice, was it, really? It was a child, after all. We weren't children anymore, but she told me that it would be best for both our families, and all I've wanted to do is be the heir I wish my father could have seen. Is that what you really want, to make things right between you? More than anything. And I think you ought to show me that bookstore. Rowan nods, and they lead you to the bookstore. Where, as you reach the bookstore, you see Sebastian looking a little confused outside, and Alexander looking very pleased with himself. And I told you we'd make it to the bookstore on time! What have you been doing these last <laughs> last hour? <laughs> I thought you were already at the bookstore. My brother decided to take me on the scenic route to see sights I have not seen in a while. Ah. Rowan and I were doing much the same. Dearest me, I think I've forgotten the name. <laughs> Where are we? <laughs> uh, Underwood. Underwood, that's it. <laughs> oh, well, come on, brother, there has to been some part of the town you've missed. Well, it is nice to see 
that the people have been taking care of the square. Uh, you kind of see that same very satisfied smile on Alexander's face. He's very proud of himself. <laughs> well, he believes he's been a very good distraction. <laughs> Shall we go in? Uh, Sebastian, I believe you had some books to browse. <sighs> yes, I suddenly quite feel like reading. <laughs> <laughs> and the four of you enter the bookstore. Is it cottage core as fuck? <laughs> yes. Yay! <laughs> it is very Regency. Very cottage core. <laughs> in fact, you can hear people singing in the background. <laughs> just sing at the bookstore. Dennis, cut that out. I don't want Disney to sue us. I don't want the mouse to come after us. They're good. I did a goofy movie episode. We're fine. We're untouchable. <laughs> Fuck you, Disney. <laughs> no, Dennis, you doomed us all. <laughs> I'm Disney's first gay character. <laughs> and just like that, our lives change forever. <laughs> oh, no. That's just Thanos snapped us. As those words were said, they couldn't be us. We could have just deleted the recording, but we didn't. Fuck. We didn't. Oh, no. What have I done? Um, I got, now that we're in the bookstore, I'm like, are we going to stay here for this? Or are we going like, to just going to leave? Is it going to be weird? Oh, I man. Think I'm freaking out. My anxiety trap. What we are going to do is cut over to the dressmakers. Good. Good, good, good. I mean, how, by this time, have we arrived at the bookstore? <laughs> <laughs> Ivy is finishing up her fitting. She was gracious enough to oh, let yeah. Phoebe oh, yeah. go ahead of her. Rosalina, you're just kind of kind of minding your own business, but everybody else seems real busy until uh, kind of from behind an area at the store designated for fittings, uh, you feel a small tap on your shoulder. Princess Rosalina, I wouldn't ask this if there were any other way, but I believe Button has gotten caught in my hair. <laughs> and I can't seem to get it out. Uh, of course, it would be my pleasure. <laughs> So it's like on her back, or? Yeah, you do see that kind of like one of the buttons in the back of her dress has in fact gotten rather tangled in her hair. <laughs> oh my goodness. Alright, I'll uh, go to her back. Uh, you do, and roll to keep your composure to see how well you do. Oh no. It should be with disadvantage. Snake eyes. <laughs> no! Oh, it's pretty bad. What is the staff for that? Grace. Oh no. I got a six. Uh, you take EXP, and you're you're trying your best, but all all you really seem to do is possibly wind it around there tighter. What? But you do see kind of on Ivy's neck, kind of going down and disappearing behind her stays. You had no idea that Ivy's back had what looked like pretty rough scars. Really? I think I probably would have a good knowledge of scars. Can I read a situation? Oh, it sounds weird, but like, I'm sure I've gotten cut a lot. <laughs> yes, roll plus wit. Oh my god, uh, nat 12. Nice! <laughs> oh, you know, you know this. <laughs> you've been cut, <laughs> you've been cut plenty of times. You've also fallen off a horse. Plenty of times. You get the idea that these scars are from falling onto some, like falling onto some really rough terrain and not really have, and kind of being dragged around for a bit. I think in impulsive concern, I'm like, oh my, Ivy, and like kind of pull 
<laughs> to like see it a little bit better and like realize I shouldn't do that and like pull my hands back. Oh. Uh, no, you shouldn't do that because you kind of end up yanking her hair a little bit. Oh my god. Uh, and she quickly turns around. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, but you do see your hands go directly to covering whatever parts of her back were visible. Uh. I'm... I'm sorry, my my hair tangles very easily. I can I can I can just wait for Miss Woodbridge. Uh, thank you. You better roll again. Uh, <laughs> oh yes, I'm sure none of us are uh, strangers to um, wardrobe misfunction. I feel like at that point it's like so awkward that like I want to say like a heel breaks or something. I don't know, like some kind of like but like your I physical can't. heel, like but- your bones. <laughs> 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 Or like, oh no, 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 I think like I'm I, I'm leaning my hand too far on like a, a tie or something and like it like slides off the shelf. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that'll work. Uh, you kind of like try to like lean on the table a bit, but you realize that the, kind of realize that the silk you're leaning on kind of has a little more give to it than you thought. And you kind of topple to the floor, taking a, like three bolts of fabric with you. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> But after a little bit of you just kind of staring at the ceiling, uh, you do see that Ivy has come to help you up. Oh no, I'm, I'm quite alright. That's, that's... That's <laughs> still a terrible fall. You have my thanks, as I like awkwardly like get up. Thank you, by the way. Whatever for. For not asking how I got them. Or at least not presuming how they were there. I may not seem it, but I usually know how to tend to my own business when it... It's what I should do, and I'll, um, turn to see if... Uh, no, I guess I have to, like, try and t- take all the fabric off of me and, like, rearrange it back on the shelf. Uh, and Ivy will help you do that. At this point, uh, Phoebe comes out of the fitting room. Uh, her dress has been put all back together. Oh, thank you so much, Miss Wood- Woodbridge. You're, um, you're wonderful. Thank you for making something so lovely. Of course. Of course, Lady Phoebe. Everyone at the ball is going to look like a, look like a princess. You should too. Phoebe is perfect. Uh, you see Phoebe kind of twirl around. Uh, it's not quite finished yet, but you do see she has this very pretty uh, lavender dress. Miss Jane, I don't know much of your work, but you outdone yourself. <laughs> uh, you see Phoebe kind of like twirl around in it, and you see like the sleeves have a little bit of flutter to them, and then you see kind of the embroider like part pieces of embroidery, kind of like. Catching certain parts of light as she twirls, as Phoebe twirls around. Can I see real quick if we, if there's any kind of like weird, um, I want to say jewelry. I think, I think I definitely look for strange trinkets whenever, whenever I'm at a place like this. Um, I'm just going to make you roll plus wit for that. My wit is still zero. A seven. You, you're able to find something, but eventually you do have to ask Jane for help. Sort of explain what you need. But after kind of showing your earrings as an example, uh, she does show you a very kind of interesting looking hairpin. Oh my goodness. Is it something a pirate would wear? <laughs> you look at it and you actually see that the pin itself looks like a sort of a, a bird's skull cast in silver. Oh my gosh. With uh, crystals in the eye sockets. Whoa. You've got a magical item. <laughs> that was uh, sold to us. Sold to us, actually. A strange writer type came through here about some ten years back. And I want to take both of Jane's hands. My dear Miss Woodbridge, 
I must come into possession of this item. Whatever price you, you ask for, I, I, I will pay it. No, no, of course. Uh, and she kind of takes you to the front of the store where you... I will pay it, my dear. You do. You do. You pay what it is worth. All right, good. Can I do... I want to do my move um, ribbon shopping. Yes. <laughs> Which just gives me like a plus one for doing frivolous stuff, I guess. Yep. Say for the next uh, hour or so, because I believe this happened last time, uh, you did commission a dress. So for the next hour or so, you and Jane kind of discuss what you'd like the dress to look like, your measurements are taken, and you're told to uh, come back in about uh, three days' time I'm for a mock-up fitting. When is the ball? Ball itself, uh, from now, is about a week and a half away. Oh, okay. I suppose I'll contain my excitement. I'll try to be patient. All right. Again, you three, I I appreciate what you're doing, well, Sebastian, but if he truly does wish to apologize to me, he's more than welcome to do so himself. I wish him all the best, but if he's not willing to take the first step towards that, then there's not much I can do. Uh, you do see Phoebe kind of look down at the floor a little defeated. <laughs> uh, Ivy is just kind of looking to you, pleading for help. Uh, I'll, uh, yeah, so I'll, um, I don't know how to do this. I can't, I, we, I can't, like, I can't, like, break and have, like, a quick team meeting with the girls, so I'll just have to do this on my own. I must say that while I don't know the entirety of your situation, I, I do know that there's been times when I've known what I wanted, and I've tried to reach for it, but there was so much in the way, and I was simply lost, and all I know is that if I had someone there for me, just, just to give me a little tiny push. Maybe that would have helped things all. Roll to win someone over. Oh no. No, that was um, such a good speech. No. <laughs> is that charm? Yes. Alright. I got uh, oh, um sacrifice no, it's, your, it's sacrifice, sacrifice your health. I do, oh, <laughs> I just raise. Can I do that? If I otherwise, this you, can certain, you can certainly perform an act of desperation if you wish. Okay, what? How do I do that? Performing an act of desperation. Uh, when you when you fail a roll, you may perform an act of desperation. You can use one of your goodwill points to treat the result of any roll as an automatic twelve, but at the cost of decreasing your maximum goodwill by one. And since I've let everybody else just declare they want to do an act of desperation for an insta-success, I'll allow you to do the same. <laughs> I declare bankruptcy! Perfect. <laughs> I declare bankruptcy! <laughs> we need this to work. <laughs> I'm basically taking a harm. Right? Um, you're taking a harm. You're, you're decreasing your maximum health, essentially. So, little death. So you can do it, but essentially you are going to take one harm that you can't heal back from unless you level up. Perfect. I already took two from uh, Thorn Bell, so... <laughs> but that's fine. Alright. Are you doing it? Yes. Alright. Mark down your goodwill maximum. And what is this little push you recommend? Going to the goddamn bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> All that I ask... <laughs> All that I ask is that you come with us and... Well, I, I think... I think we can f- all find closure to this if we just meet at the bookstore. <laughs> not really a lot more to it than that. <laughs> of course, he'd be at the bookstore. All right, all right, I'll meet the three of you outside. Mama! <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> 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 
you do see uh, Mrs. Woodbridge come out. I'm, I'm done with my fittings for the day. I'm heading out for a while. I'll, I'll be back tonight. Uh, she nods, and Jane quickly grabs a like a dark blue kind of coat from off the from kind of off a hook by the door. And he's like, "All right." Uh, you see her pull a small pair of spectacles out of her pocket and put them on. Jane? <sighs> to the bookstore. Jane's wearing spectacles? That's okay. Yes. <laughs> That's so cute. Yes, she is farsighted. <laughs> I'll lead the way. I think I think I know how to get there. I don't know. Uh, Baby will lead you the way. You walk out purposefully <laughs> and are like, where are we going? <laughs> Baby and Ivy kind of uh, take the lead. Both of them look pretty nervous. They have no idea what's going to happen. Meanwhile... Inside the bookstore, Baxter. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. How are you preparing? <laughs> I think Baxter's gonna like realizes that this is kind of this is he's like trying to play like a little bit of a matchmaker here and do like the right thing, but I think also he's being a little uh, callous in the beginning of this whole thing. I think it was more of like the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think now he has he's realized that these are people's lives, so he's going to um, go up to Sebastian. Listen, Sebastian, there's not much time. It's going to be acquaintance of yours. Walking through the door at the moment, and I... What did you prepare you for? Who? Not, you have made no promises, made no allusions as to either of your feelings, but... Who is a lot coming? Of people who, a lot of people who care about you. And we've gathered here for that purpose. I hope that you won't begrudge anyone for doing something as noble and honest as that. Prince Saintless, just what is going on? You know who's coming through that door. Get a grip on yourself. <laughs> straighten up. He'll, start, he'll like <laughs> straighten up his uh, his jacket a little bit. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're talking about. And the door opens, and uh, Baxter. The entire time you've been at the Gardens of Glass, uh, you've just seen uh, Sebastian just looking very cold, very kind of angry with everything, and you you've never seen him taken aback before. But you are seeing him be taken aback now. Baxter will do like a half smile at this and say, There, you almost look like yourself. <gasps> and he'll like go behind Sebastian and like clap him on the shoulders and push and push him forward a little bit. <laughs> and Rosalina, on your end, you you kind of see something similar happen to Jane as she sees Sebastian. You look lovely. This is this is going to go well. Um, <laughs> I I promise you. I hope so. And she kind of moves forward. I feel like we're all just like sort of staring. <laughs> oh you see Sebastian go and you just kind of both kind of watch them meet up. Um, it's it's a little awkward and formal at first. But you kind of watch them talk to each other. And you, you know that that spark is still there deep down. But you also realize that they are fully aware of the fact that they are being watched. Uh. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, Baxter, like, senses the hesitation. He'll, uh, turn to Rosalina. Like, <clears throat> Cousin, um, Rowan was telling me of this lovely, uh, pub in town. <laughs> oh, yes, cousin. That sounds fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> I think we would all quite use the respite. Am I, am I correct in saying so? <laughs> Why don't you lead the way? Uh, Rowan is like, oh, oh, yes, um, Alexander, uh, bakery, um, Pretty sure they have some mincemeat pies for you. <laughs> mincemeat pies? I'll class arms with Phoebe and Ivy and take them with me. <laughs> uh, and you do see uh, 
Alexander very quickly walk up. Uh, the lass and you... I expect to be out very late. No need to rush. <laughs> as as you all kind of leave, uh, you do see the twins kind of trying to peek through the window a little bit, trying to see or hear anything. And like, even though they're both in their early 20s, almost in this moment, they've turned back into, into children spying on their big brother. <laughs> I always do like that Jane Nacionalis. It feels like the characters are very, like, adult- but also their, like, motivations and, like, like sort of worldview is very childlike, because there's, like, not yeah. much going on. I think Baxter will come and, like, <laughs> grasp Alexander <laughs> by, by the arm and, like, peel him away. <laughs> Isn't anybody gonna grab my feet? I should, I should, I wouldn't dare. <laughs> <laughs> I think that they have they've left their own devices now, we've done all that we can. <laughs> You kind of see Ivy kind of like turn away from the window a little bit, but she kind of quickly presses her ear back to the glass to try and see if she can hear anything. Ivy, please, is that what you want your brother to see? Your ear hole? <laughs> Pointed in this uh, direction. Oh, okay. I, I I did catch something, though. Yes? Do tell. I mean, I mean, uh, what? <laughs> tell me immediately. <laughs> Cousin. I, I heard Jane say, the ball. I think they might be going. Uh, I think Baxter will turn to Rosalina with like a like, pump the fist. <laughs> uh, you do see a, a gleeful conspiratorial look uh, sort of be exchanged between the twins. Nice, nice, nice. And the group of you approach the bakery, where you see uh, Colonel Henry Ashford just kind of sitting outside the, standing outside the door. <laughs> or, um, he looks like he has kind of been put through the ringer. Uh, when, he, when he sees you, we just kind of, like, Quickly looks among your number, taking quickly taking mental note of who's there. Uh, you haven't you haven't seen uh, Miss Nanette, have you? Oh, good lord! Forgot all about her. <laughs> Chasing me all around town, trying to find out where Henri and Miss Hale are. Well, I have the foggiest idea where they are. <laughs> Either um, we're, we're all quite peckish for pie. <laughs> you see, <laughs> Henri and Miss Hale. <laughs> and then Baxter like look at Rosalina and be like, <clears throat> <laughs> never mind. Uh, not that I would it I would um, care to understand. <laughs> <laughs> and Henri, as you and Perdita are kind of finishing the last of your bits of small talk, you hear the door open. You hear the door to the bakery open. Bakery the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Henri, like instinctively, whips his hand back to his side. But you don't hear sort of the. Like, you don't hear... It's not Nanette. Her footsteps are far too obvious. You I hear, know those ones, yeah. Yeah, you know <laughs> when Nanette is about to arrive. Uh, and you know just kind of that cold feeling you get in the air whenever Nanette is around. You don't feel that. You almost are sort of feeling kind of like the... Kind of feeling the exhilaration off the group of people that walks into the bakery. Fresh off. Yeah, you can't see your breath in the air. The, the dark <laughs> shadows of the moon. <laughs> the window isn't glossing over with permafrost. <laughs> <laughs> I should have just made this a fantasy game. <laughs> <laughs> but you kind of almost kind of catch kind of that kind of joyous feeling of something going very well as Baxter, Rosalina, and the rest all enter the bakery. Oh, here they are, Henry. You needn't be worried. <laughs> And trust me, Baxter, I was not. I see you have had a, uh... Oh, sorry, Henry, a bon not <laughs> 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 Uh, 
<laughs> no, oh, my bad. <laughs> no, that's so funny. We should keep doing that. <laughs> keep doing that. That just becomes a thing all day. They just keep like. Um, I think. <laughs> I think Max will turn to the. Is it the same fucking bakery guy? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Good evening, sir. We couldn't help ourselves. We returned. When we brought friends this time. <laughs> I say you brought friends. <laughs> same thing as before. Something a little more substantial. You see, this this town is full of enchanting surprises. And Vex will turn to Rowan. <laughs> Just a glance. Around this time of day, uh, and he and they uh, give a look to Alexander. Alright, promised you mincemeat. Mincemeat pies <laughs> all around! Ah! Alexander! Lord Alexander! How have you been, boy? <laughs> And Alexander just begins very happily chatting with the with the baker, as that is where we will leave off for this week's episode. Cute. We all ended up in the bakery together. That's good. <laughs> Thank we you. all get a corner booth and sing show tunes until 3 a.m. <laughs> oh, gosh. Aragorn it's a Denny's. Just watching. <laughs> oh, no. Oh my God, it's a yes, Denny's. Meeting Jenny's. Annette is probably fighting someone in the parking lot right now. <laughs> Dude, next episode is called The Revenge of Nana. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to tonight's episode of The Gardens of Glass. Thank yes, you. Um, yes, thank you all very, very much. And good night. Get some sleep variables. Tables have turned! Now we're alone. I can hear you. (laughs) Just you and me. Good cousin. Do you think this will make it in the edit? (laughs) Dennis gets to hear this. Dennis, I want you to know. Nick and I planned from the beginning. Our ultimate plot is to murder Lady Wintrose as cousins. Yes. And then make it look like Henri did it. It's perfect. Everyone will. I'm still confused. Or either one. Yeah. You're the you're the two that always carry around weapons, so everybody's gonna be like, "Of course it's them." Yeah. I mean, they both seem like they could uh, like snap at any moment. Yeah. Even though I like snapped and attacked Henry, but (laughs) I think you need to do that again this episode. Really? Just out of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah, just snap and attack. Oh, that chick that Sebastian was was engaged to. You're gonna fight her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's her name? Did we write it down? I don't know. I didn't. Sycamore House. I wrote a lot of stuff in the last episode. I forget her name too. Oh, I, I did. Like, I did write about Jane Woodbridge. Jane Woodbridge. I wrote it down. Miss <laughs> Woodbridge. That's funny. Right. I kind of wanna. Cut in here, but I feel like it's disgusting. You're gonna interrupt them? I, I, I wanna know if this is happening concurrently with Rowan and Well, There's probably a lot of. There's probably a lot of time for them to catch up to us, honestly. Is that it? I know we were working on this True. plot for a while. And is the ball happening tonight or not? I'm still confused. It's tomorrow, and it's the smaller ball. Right. 
Yes. Smaller ball. So it's the autumnal ball that they have every autumn. And then the next one is the uh, like annual ball or something. Mm-hmm. But it's good that there's multiple balls because... You know what I was thinking, actually? Keeps you, yeah, makes so you not bored. When you're in a you situation like this where two people are like alone together and they have feelings... The system should help you create a conflict stopping them from being together. Does that make sense? Like, not stopping them from being together, but, like, making it the most dramatic scene possible. Like, I think that's the point oh, of Jane like Austen creating stuff. obstacles? Yeah, but I, just, like, maybe literally it's just something to where um, you make a move for, like, whatever obstacles that are, whatever about your status, your wealth, your family, your friends, your environment, something like that can invade your mind and make it like you really, 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 really want to kiss them, but you can't or whatever, you know, because like they're always in that situation in Jane Austen in real life. You would just be like, I think you also just, it could just be, you know, the players have to remember that this is an era in which people were not impulsive. Yeah, but I think, I just mean, people um, were were very rare and often in prison. (laughs) I think that's assumed, but it's like, how do we really, really amp up the drama to where it's like that one scene, you know, in, in the Kira Knightley one with where they're like in the rain and they're like almost kissing and they're but like, they can't arguing. be together. Yeah. You know, is there a way to facilitate that through the system? I, I think, agree. I think we could yeah. find a way. Yeah. Keeping all of our bit in the edit. <sighs> That's good. That was useful. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.